Welcome to the Amazon Legends Podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today is a mechanical engineer by training, and he built five brands. Even though he's a mechanical engineer, he decided to build brands instead of machinery. So he built five brands on Amazon European marketplaces and discovered a new opportunity while doing this, especially for US sellers. And we're going to learn all about it later um, this is frankly a business model I haven't heard, and and I can see a lot of opportunities with it, but we'll get into it later today. He's the founder of Space Goats, an enabler for selling in European marketplaces for U.S. brands. And he's heavily into bodybuilding and strategy games when he's not working. So uh, they don't usually go together, but I guess... We'll also learn about that. So with that, everybody, meet my guest, Anton Herman. Uh, welcome to the show, Anton. How are you? Thanks for having me. What a beautiful introduction. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always good. No, worry, no worries about me. Um, yeah. Looking yeah, forward well, to the stream. Good. You know, I'm an engineer by training myself. So I identify with engineers. And the engineers are, uh, they, they have a, a, a weird kind of mind because it tends to be creative. At the same yeah. time, very methodical. So it's uh, it's always looking for a solution for a problem. So uh, you've exactly. obviously figured one out. So, so you are an expert in launching brands in European marketplaces, Amazon European marketplaces. So That's tell us correct. the most important thing for brands to know before they launch on European marketplace. As always in life or in every area of the life, prioritize well, I guess. It's the best tip you can get. And with this one, we can dig deeper. So prioritizing. So I'm one of my things is the the one of the most important traits of a leader, or I should say the responsibilities of a leader is to set the right priorities for the organization. So um, so your case is if you're gonna launch, you need to prioritize the things that you need to do very well. So Walk us through what is the most important, what comes right at the top of the list. We are talking about Europe and you guys, which are listening to the um, podcasts or video, watching the video, you're, you're basically coming from the States. And in the States, things are more easygoing regarding compliance. And in Europe, we take compliance super serious. And that's why the best marketing, the best product, uh, the best whatever is nothing if you are not legally compliant. And that's why I would put the biggest focus, at least for the start, into the topic compliance in general, specifically product compliance and tax compliance. So compliance, of course, compliance is an entity you need to be registered for certain um, 
taxes and, and, and anything else, depending on the marketplace. Uh, but yeah. what you are really focused on as the most important is the product compliance. Product so, compliance and and everything around the what you what you explained tax compliance and uh, entity compliance, yeah. so to speak. So tell us about the the product compliance. So how does one go about getting those things? So if you're, if you're talking about product compliance for American entities for American sellers, we need to go one step before um because we have a regulation here in europe and also in the uk by the way that every product which is sold on the european marketplace or european union on uh, on market not marketplace market needs to have a company liable for this product sitting in this region so in the european union me Means if you are an American entity and you want to sell your products to the Amer uh, to the European markets, you are not even allowed to do it by yourself. So that would be the first step: find a company, a distributor, uh, importer of records, or what, whoever who allows you to put his address on the packaging or on the product and guarantees in front of the European entities or European governments that this company is liable for the product. That would be the first the first step. So that means that if something is wrong with the product and there's a complaint, the authorities have a local party to hold yes. responsible and go after and, and put out of business, so to speak. Right? So that, exactly. Exactly. Because so, I, uh, I'm not sure, sure if it's the same in the States, but in Europe it's like that. Even if you are producing your goods, for example, in China, the guy who is um, importing the goods on his name, the, so the European entity, is actually like the producer for the state. So you, even if you are just private labeling, you're still, for the government, you're still the producer of the product. So this is... It is not very different, but probably the requirements are a lot more strict in Europe to pass that compliance test, so to speak. Uh, but in, in America, first of all, you know, building an Amazon operation is no different than building a business. It's, it's a business. You, Amazon expects you to take it seriously to build a business. So in America, when you have a company, you have employees uh, and you have an office space, even if it's you're working remote from your home, it's still, especially these days, it's become mainstream. So it's called, considered your place of business. Uh, there is something called commercial liability insurance, mm -hmm. which protects the business in case of situations where the company gets in trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. Product claims is usually part of it. So yep. uh, what Amazon does to some sellers, first of all, you just sign up with Amazon. Uh, you sign up for the professional selling account. You pay your $39.95 a month. You are all set. Uh, but yep. as you start to do serious business in America, Amazon will come back and say, okay, you need commercial liability insurance. So that's what it comes down to. But of course, who are they asking this to? They are asking it to the seller, which has registered 
the seller as an entity if it's professional mm -hmm. selling account usually it's an llc so what you are telling us is people need to consider the same in europe because then the european authorities will want an entity and and the, and the reason is if something is wrong they're going to come after that entity so that's funny just yeah. just just to round it up what you said the nice uh, a nice explanation for difference between europe and the states is as follows in europe you need to have everything perfect or everything good up front okay but if something happens it's not too bad that's why you don't need you, it's it's not obligatory to have a product insurance here because the fines are not too bad because they want everything up front and they check everything up front more. In the States, it's like that. So that was our experience. You can just go for it. And if something happens, then you're fine. So that's, 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 like, that's like the big, the, the big difference. So here, the fines are not too bad, um, but, you, but you need to put a lot of energy in the beginning. And in the States, you can just start selling. And if something goes wrong, then you are way more... Uh, Uh, yeah, yeah, trouble I, than, yeah, than, than in Europe. Everything is magnanimous in the US, right? So every, everything yep. is built for scale. And when they fail, they fail in scale. So exactly. this is true. The, but, you know, also in the US, the, the impact is far greater because you have 300 plus million people living here. Uh, despite all the complaints people have, this is still the, the most you know, the richest country in the world and the wealthiest, blah, blah. Yeah. So the per capita income is far greater than any other country. So as a result, your hand, your product ends up in the hands of a lot more people. And if something is wrong with it, now suddenly you've got many, many people being affected. And that's where the lawyers really prey on these situations and then they have these class action suits and everything so that that's uh, the point that's the point you said it class actions that's yeah. something spe specific special in usa we don't have a similar thing here at least in germany you don't have it at all so everyone has to do his own claim and you cannot gather as, as in the usa and do a class class action you'd have to do, go to court for yourself And that's the big difference. And that's why the fines are not as high as in the States, because yeah. when you have like 100,000 people which are in the same on the same payroll or class action, then you then you have, of course, yeah. more liability. Tell us, how does one go about getting a company to be liable mm -hmm. for them? And then what happens next? So you have two options. Either you go with your own company, so you can set up your own entity as, for, as, as a subsidiary entity for an American company. In the European Union, there are bad countries, there are worse countries, especially tax-wise. <laughs> and um, then you get your VAT number, and then you can operate as a fully integrated European Union company. That is the first the first option. Of course, more complicated because you're in the end liable for your product in the European Union with your European entity. First option. The second option is you find a partner which actually allows you to use their company on the packaging on or and or on the product which is liable to the government. Or the, uh, which company is liable to the government and therefore 
you would need to test the products really in depth or the the the, the company which would be liable for the product will test it in depth and of course will uh, want the share want a share of what's going on here i just give you a rough idea there are companies which are uh, taking a yearly payment for example one thousand dollars per year plus for each shipment goes which goes to the european union they take a cut of the import value that's for example uh, a system which is which is pretty common in europe and i forgot the third option is I would say the easiest one for an American entity is if you actually find a distributor in the European Union, which just distributes your products to the local stores, to FBA, to whatever, and they will actually buy your products uh, in the USA, for example, or on the ship and import the product in their name. And they will be also... Um, um, it's, it's basically their problem uh, if the company is successful or if the product is successful or not. So they buy the products like in a normal deal. They buy 1,000 pieces. And if they sell it for 100 euro per piece, then they earn more. If they sell it for 50 euro per piece, then they earn less. But it's just a classic, classic retail relation. So that are your yeah. three options yeah. if you want to go to the European market. So just to uh, make this summary uh, summarize the options so option one is go create your own entity register yeah. for all the local taxes vat and then if something happens then it's on you you are the owner of that entity you could set it up as a subsidiary if you want but either way you are it so that means that you need to have you need to meet all the requirements option number two is find somebody who is going to be agreeing to being the party to be responsible, be put on the packaging as the responsible mm -hmm. party, then they are responsible for any claims as well as yep. any taxes or anything like that. Um, but you are the one who is selling it so you appear as the seller in that case right they are mm -hmm. just the party who is responsible as far as all the red tape goes they are not responsible for the taxes that's uh, important to clarify they will allow you to use their name to import the products they will allow you that they will test the product they will want money for it and they want a cut of each shipment but then you still need to get the vat stuff here in place because as a non-european union company you can get a european union vat number and then start yeah. selling here in europe and you are also allowed to import the goods but you are not allowed to be liable for the product as long as you're not sitting in the european union okay so the second option being having somebody to be uh, the responsible party you're still responsible for the tax payments uh, specifically yep. VAT. We'll yep. talk about exactly. that in a second. And the third option that you mentioned is you find somebody as your distributor, but that's a straightforward wholesale relationship. You'll be selling to them wholesale, yes. right? Yep. Okay. So yes, that's what I mean with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really is, of course, that's the easiest option. So you're just doing a sale, but then that means you need to have credit terms and things like that agreed with them. 
it's their responsibility mm -hmm. to import and then sell. They can actually sell it on Amazon or anywhere else they want. All you're doing is you're doing wholesale. Okay, and so, you're not even allowed to forbid it to them. So if if somebody can purchase a product somewhere, he also can sell it anywhere. So that's that's also some local um, special speciality, I would say. Yeah. So I want to look at the second option a little bit more. So I um, there are companies in the Amazon partner network that provide services to offer yeah. some of these things. So yes. what is your take on those companies? that They fit into the second option, right? Yes. So there are not many. And mostly they are spe specialized on, spe uh, on specific product categories. For example, we know someone who is doing exactly what I'm talking about for supplements. Then you have somebody who's doing it especially for cosmetic products and then you have also some generic like i know one or two which do generic generic products but uh, in general they are spe specialized on some some specific field because the product compliance requirements are so high and if you are if you do like random everything then you then you are less compliant most likely yeah i see yes. okay all right yes so what i want to uh, dig a little bit further into is price so when you get any one of these companies who is the seller displayed on the amazon listing you or you, them so um if you're talking about the generic systems um, take number two so Option yes. number two, you find someone, okay, then you're the seller, you're the seller, you're responsible for the VAT stuff, and you're also the importer, but you're not responsible for the product because you're not allowed to be. Okay, so their only role is to take responsibility if something goes wrong. Yes, yes. But you are the seller, and you are responsible to decide what price you should sell it for. Yes, And when you make the sale, the settlement report that Amazon produces, the payment comes directly to you, right? Yes. It yes. doesn't go they to just them. They just allow you to use their address. Nothing else. That's all what they do. Nothing else. Okay. Just <clears throat> So what I want to dig into is the VAT, because this is a foreign concept in America. So... Uh, I lived in, in England, so I'm intimately familiar with it. So I can understand both systems and translate. Yeah. So in America, there's something called sales tax. Sales tax is the cost of doing business if you're not buying something for resale purposes. With a resale so B2C business. Yeah. So um, if you are selling something, you're supposed to charge sales tax. And in America, people understand when they see a price on an item, that is the naked price of the item. It just yep. is. And depending on where the item is being sold, the consumer understands there will be a sales tax being added on top of it. So if a business is buying that item, yeah, the business will then pay the item price plus sales tax. And then that sales tax for the business will become a cost. 
Yeah. There is no claiming it. There is no nothing about it. It's just basically a cost of the item. That's how you regard it. In Europe, that is not the case. In Europe, VAT is exactly what VAT stands for, value-added tax. In other words, something costs $100. First of all, this is the difference number one. When somebody sees the price of an item, $100, they automatically assume VAT included. Yeah. So in your calculations, you have to make sure that you are adding that VAT on yes. to your naked item price and then displaying the price accordingly. Otherwise, whatever you receive from Amazon, a big chunk of it will go to paying the taxes and then you'll be out of pocket. And these VAT rates are not like in America, six, seven, eight percent. They are like 15% plus, right? No, 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 no. 19 minimum. In Germany, is one of the, or has the lowest VAT rate, but 19, one, nine. And in Croatia, for example, you have 25. So 19 is the, the oh basic bottom line. And, and we had a funny uh, positive surprise in the other direction because we started selling in uh, USA now for our customers. And when we do our margin calculation for, for German or for European companies, it's, it's just always included that we all have cares you need to get rid of the VAT first but that's how they calculated the prices in the USA and then we had this positive surprise oh my god there is no VAT so this price is net already so you can basically have much better margins and that's how we realized oh my god this is this okay. is a great opportunity to sell in the states and a second second thing which is also super important to, to understand the um, Amazon fees the sales fees of 50 percent or whatever percent they go in the states on the net and in europe on the gross so you have also higher fba uh, not fba higher um sales fees from amazon because they take a different ba base for yeah, their calculation so they apply the their commissions on the gross. on the gross yeah in europe yeah that's unfair That because is... <laughs> not okay so do they charge vat on their fees yeah but as your b2b then you will get it basically back okay so, so that's it's, it's a bit different it's a bit different it's reverse charge because they are in luxembourg amazon is uh doing the vat in luxembourg and you basically buy a service from a luxembourg company and if you have inter country in europe from one country to another one a service invoice then you don't there's no money involved you just need to balance it but there you don't need to pay the vat first and get it back later if it's a service between two different countries okay so this is where i want to dig into it a little bit further so okay let's make it simple you made a hundred dollar sale on amazon germany That $100 will include $19, as you say, 19%. Let, let's assume. Uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, let's say 19, but it, it, it depends where you come 
from. If you come from the gross, then 90% of the gross is just 16%. Yeah, yeah. So from $100, you would have $16 VAT that's gone. Yeah. So just for the sake of example, let's say the naked price of an item is $100 and you're supposed okay. to charge 19% VAT. So therefore, you will have 19%. You will have 19% added on top of it. And you will display yep. your price as $119, right? Yes. So, yes. so now when the item is sold, you have received $119 gross yes. for the sale. Yes. $100 goes into your pocket. $19 will you will pay over to the government as VAT that you collected. Correct. Except that's not accurate, is it? Because, because when you imported the products into the country, yep. you paid the VAT upfront already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the country. To be uh, to be honest, it depends on the country. In Germany, you have it, like how you explain it. So, for example, if I import goods for one million, I will pay nineteen uh, one hundred ninety thousand to the government first and get it back later on in some other in some other countries like netherlands for example or in uk you have to postpone the vat scheme and there you just balance it so there is no money involved so it also depends on the country where you where, yeah. uh, where, where so, you uh, do your import process plus also one thing to add everything you buy for for a gross price you always have to pay <laughs> the gross price and then you will balance it with your incomes basically that's that's how the system in europe works so everybody knows that this money is anyhow on the, just for the balance you still need to flow the money over there and get it back from there and then uh, yeah but that's europe yeah, yeah. so unlike Amer in america how things are in america in america you make a sale for $100, or I should say you purchase something for $100, they will charge you an extra, I'm in New York, 8.75%. So I'm going to write a check for $108.75, and I'm going to put in my books, as the cost of what I bought, $108.75. And I'm going to eat that extra $8.75 as the cost of being in the state that you are, where you made yep. the purchase. In Europe, that's not how it works. You make a purchase for $100, or for this example, $119. Yep. You know that $19 that you paid is BAT. Yep. And then you turn around and then you sell that item at $300. Yeah. You charge an additional 19%. Yeah. So 19% of $300 is $57. Yeah. So you price your item $357. Yes. And then you you collect the 357. You made your $200 profit on the item. You put that in your pocket. And then you collected $57 in VAT. And then at the end of the month, you turn around to the government and you say, Mr. Government, I collected 57. But unlike America, yeah. you say, 
here, I'm going to write you a check, not for 57 that you collected, but 57 minus the 19 you paid when you purchased it. And then that's correct. You pay the balance. And that's what you were talking about. So um, yes. when you are in, as an Amazon seller, so why is this important for Amazon sellers? So when Amazon sellers bring their products, either by option one, set up their own corporation, or option two, they have somebody else representing. It is their responsibility when the merchandise comes into the country mm -hmm. to pay the VAT on the merchandise to the government. Upfront, it's called, right? it's called yes, upfront. It's called import VAT, and you can uh, apply for uh, four weeks delay. So that's what you can do. So you have to can pay it one month later. But basically, that's what you explain. And also important to understand, it's not the value of goods alone. It's the value of goods plus the cost of shipping. And on this value. That's like the base value. That's how you call it in German, basis, basis. So that's the base for the calculation. On this, you put 19%. And this 19%, you send to the um, VAT collector, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So if you are bringing a shipment of $10,000 and you pay $1,000 for freight to bring it in, so that means $11,000 is the value of your shipment and the German yes. government will say, okay, $11,000 times 19%, please give us your check either now or four weeks later. Nevertheless, that's what you have to pay. But that is not a cost to you yep. because you then turn around and then charge the end user when you price your item, you price it accordingly, and then you collect and because you are there to make a profit, that's another conversation, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll get to in a second. Uh, then if it's, there is no profit that you are accumulating, you price it exactly the same price you're bringing it in, then you'll simply collect it from the consumer. And at the end of the month, you'll say, I collected so much, minus I already paid this much at the point of importation. And therefore, yes. you owe nothing. So this is not a cost, unlike America. Yeah, I have to say, but it's a it's a cash America, flow. Yeah, but but it's a cash flow disadvantage. It's a cash you, flow. Yes, it's a, it's a cash flow question. Definitely, yeah. you have to have it, but it's not a cost. I'd rather face a cash flow yeah. problem than a cost problem. Cost cannot go yeah. away, but cash flow you can deal with. Okay, that's true. So. Let's now discuss the pricing. So what is the standard, I should say, what is a best practice or common practice? Because if you are buying, if let's say that this company that you set up is buying merchandise, it's, their, it's a company, it's a business, it's supposed to make money. So do you make the import cost of the item same as the selling price, so that the company doesn't generate any profits, or do you accumulate? So not. what is the best way? So the best way is that you put all your costs in one spreadsheet, and you see the, the, the VAT, you see the sales fee, so the commission for Amazon, you see the FBA fee, you as, can assume some kind of take cost, 
TACOS, not ACOS, total, total ACOS, you check how much um, you have for returns, for example, so you can check your return value of, uh, of uh, USA to, to see some dimension at least. You need to figure out how much your pre-FBA might cost and some other, other uh, maybe you have some other problems with the product quality or whatever uh, or some um, some default products um, that's what you have to take into account and then you have to check the absolute margin and the, uh, the percentage margin and this must satisfy you and how what i love to do afterwards so you see the percent margin per unit so basically the unit economics you know, see my product is sold for whatever and my margin is five euro and this is 25%, for example, that's a super healthy margin, 25, 30% on Amazon. So on Amazon, that's important. 20 to 30, it's, 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 it's a good margin. What I love to do then is making a PNL. So there I checked the cash flows. And there you see the impact on better or worse margins um, on your actual business project okay and there you see numbers because it always looks good when you check the unit economics but ju ju just just to give you an idea um we we are doing that kind of potential analysis for some customers of us and then financial planning and and uh whatsoever and um it takes around 10 to 18 20 months maybe even more to get the first time a positive result on your project because as soon as you sold this this products you have to already order new ones in asia then you will have will have a cash outflow and then you get the new cash inflow and as soon as you are slightly going to the green direction then you have to restock again and so on and so forth and if you have low margins this can take really forever so a tip for the audience here strongly recommend uh, recommended do a pnl so profit and loss statement and there you see when this project will be break even and uh, i think most are not doing that or are not calculating it and then they think they're making money but actually they are not making money they might make money in the future they make just revenue and that's what i would recommend to to check this one okay. in detail so this this is such an important matter and uh, it is most sellers don't understand it don't even yeah. consider it because it's unfortunately a yeah but yeah. you're not talking about really making money what you're talking about is free cash flow because yeah. you can be you you can be technically you can be making money on which you will pay income tax yeah because yeah. if you buy I, I i give you this very simple you made a sale for $100 this month. Let's say you bought the item for $20, very good margin. You spent $20 on advertising. You spent $15 on Amazon commission. Take all those away and you're left with $15. Net, net, net profit, let's say, on $100 yeah. sale. Yeah. Now, at the end of the month, you sold $100 worth of, uh, you generated revenue $100 worth, but the merchandise portion was $20. Well, guess what? You had to have $20 worth of stock in order to generate $100 sales at the end of the month, right? So, and the chances are you didn't just 
order the $20 worth of merchandise, you, you place the PO for a generally three months worth, right? So that mm -hmm. means you had $60 already invested in cash flow yeah. yes. in stock. By the end of the month, you still have $40 worth of merchandise left. But it doesn't matter because China is not going to wait for money. You you already paid them probably 70% up front when you placed the order. So you are already out of pocket 60 bucks. Then you made the $100 sale. Now, net, net, net value of the profit you generated that month is, let's say, $15. But you are already out of pocket with $60 worth of merchandise. You compensated yep. $15 of it with the profit you generated, you still out of pocket 45 bucks. Yes. But the government is not going to say, oh, you are cash flow negative. So we're not going to charge you taxes. No, at the end of the month, I mean, usually this is at the end of the year because you're declaring your yeah. taxes. Your cash flow yeah. doesn't come into it. You're going to calculate your profit. So that's why I'm saying, technically, you are making money. But what you are referring to is the practical thing that people should consider that is cash yes. flow. And you are yes. always running cash flow negative. And the higher the margins, the easier, the lower the margins, yep. the longer before you see a penny, right? And and then more cash, uh, then more revenue you, you generate and the more sales to make, then more out of cash you are. <laughs> so. You need more right. cash if you make if you sell more. It's insane, but seriously, guys, check the numbers and do it for your own business case. And uh, as Nick said, uh, I love your explanations, by the way. Um, <laughs> perfect, per perfectly explained margin, one thing, um, and shipping time and or ship uh, payment conditions. So that are your three um, options to improve that project and really play the numbers game play around and then negotiate back with your supplier check maybe maybe it's worth it to pay more for a product if you have two months less shipping time for example or better payment conditions that's what you really need to 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 check up front and yeah yeah perfect Now perfectly this, explained i love it yeah this is the situation gets harder to deal with because You've already, you placed your PO for like take the, the same example, $60 worth of merchandise. You yep. placed the PO. At the time you placed the PO, you had no merchandise, no nothing yet. You paid already 70% of it. And then by the time they ship, you pay the balance because usually that's how arrangements are. They want to be paid. They don't care if what when it arrives. If you can pull off a deal, it's even better, but let's assume you don't. So you are out of pocket $60 already. Plus, when it arrives in this European destination, location, you have to pay another $19 on top for VAT, yep. right? So yeah, now you are out you of pocket make any 80. penny. You are yeah. out of pocket 80 so uh, it, it is, of course, you get that back as you make the sales because you're collecting the VAT back, yeah. but you are the one who has to finance. So uh, this, to me, really out of this whole conversation, uh, there is nothing new here specific to European marketplace about your margin versus your cash flow uh, dynamics. Yeah. That's the case no matter where you are selling. 
Yeah. However, it just becomes even harder to deal with. One more thing to consider in your cash flow calculations uh, because of the upfront VAT aspect. So um, tell me. I have one. I have one. Yeah. Uh, just just one number six example. I opened it on the on the second slide. So we we, we have a pretty big customer which uh, is assumed to generate. Um, one hundred thousand dollars per month revenue. Okay, and with ordering a right product quantity so that it will not go out of stock and so on and so forth, he will have the first positive result. First positive result in month fifteen. Month fifteen. Fifteen. Well, like one five, not fifty. One five in one month fifteen. So he's making a lot of revenue. But the revenue always goes directly to restock the product, to restock the products. And the margins are middle cool. So between 10 and 20% are the margins. And that's yeah. the biggest problem. If, if we raise the margins to 20, 25, 30%, then we will have direct, a directly different result. That's why the margin is super important. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 15%, it makes it tough. And, and by the way, to achieve 10, 15% net, it's still a pretty healthy operation. Uh, I yeah. would not consider because yeah, yeah. 10, 15% after everything is still healthy, but it just demonstrates how hard it is to turn cash flow positive. You could be making yeah. money, but you will be cash flow positive only months later. Something to keep in mind. Um, so what I want to get into is as far as your profitability so i didn't get a, uh, a clear answer where is the best place to accumulate the profit so in other words if you are selling an item for hundred dollars mm -hmm. direct to the consumer in the european marketplace do you bring it in and charge yourself hundred dollars or do you bring it in at a lower cost, therefore pay lower VAT on it, and then it's illegal. Make, a pro make a profit? It's illegal. Um, because if you change this base value, you, you're not allowed to sell cheaper than you bought it. In general, of course, there are exceptions, exceptions to this, but you're not allowed to do it. And the problem is how would they find out? They will at some point. If you are successful, they will they they will prove everything. They will check everything. They will check your bank accounts. When did you transfer? How much money to your Chinese supplier, for example? How much products did you get? What was on the import invoice? Was it the right invoice? So they basically will check once every three to five years everything, and then you will pay more than you would save from the beginning. So that's not a recommended. Um, recommended tactic. Oh, so hold too. on, let me understand. So you're buying from China for twenty dollars, yeah, and you sell to the end user for hundred dollars. Yeah, then you import it for twenty dollars as you bought it in China, but not less. You than cannot this. import at a higher cost. No, why? Then you would pay more um, VAT upfront. That's not. Yeah, you so, would. Yeah. But, then, but you wouldn't make so, profit. You wouldn't make profit in in uh, in Germany. You would make profit wherever you are accumulating. The ah, profit. that's that's how. Okay, so so that that is the question. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Um. Okay. That 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 is smart. So, for example, you have a 
American North American company and the North American company is buying the products for example for 20 and then they are selling the product for 40 to the European entity and the European right. entity is importing it for 40 then of course take all the profits out of Europe that's for sure <laughs> that's just for sure as low uh, have as low profits in Europe and pay tax on it as possible because the taxes here are just higher. You can do that States. too. You can yes. do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's possible. But you have like two two companies then. Then you have like an European entity and then you would have an American entity. I'm not like tax advisor or something. I'm not sure if you can do it with the same company because you already bought it and you will just import the, because otherwise you would also cheat the import value you know what i mean so you can't sell the products from one company to the other and take the second value as the import value but if you already bought it as one company you cannot import it for a different value to europe it's also illegal in my in my understanding because where why should it be higher the price than than you if you if you bought it so that's there is well, no I mean, purchasing agreement in between Well, there are different business models. Like one of the business models I'm familiar with, they have these group buying offices. So okay. the whole sole purpose of the company is to consolidate um, orders and then make one centralized purchase. And then they mm -hmm. turn around and then they, they invoice the individual companies of, for, okay. for their share of the purchase. So it's it's a... It's a legitimate way of doing business. It uh, frankly yep. focuses the purchasing and, and you can increase your buying capacity by consolidating similar items. So there are business models like that. So it yep. is understandable for another entity to be making the purchase, in this case, the parent company. Exactly. And then the parent exactly. company can invoice the subsidiary in Europe and therefore yep. not accumulate any profits. You will pay a little bit higher VAT upfront, uh, but yep. you will avoid having to also declare income tax and everything else locally in the European. So but what is it? Therefore, you need a second second entity. That's, so that's important. You cannot do this model with just one entity in right. my understanding. But with the second yeah. entity, as you said, that's that's super smart that's yeah. super smart you can do that kind of tricks even in between europe there was like a um a law gap a tax law gap that you had uh, license fees in um in uh, belgium were not income tax related something like that so you you did not have to pay license fee uh, on the license uh, fees you generate tax but you had to Uh, you could make it as a cost in Germany, for example, your license fee. So you basically reduce the profits you generated in Germany by having a second subsidiary company in Belgium. It's like our neighbor, neighbor country, but they did not pay income tax on this. And so you just basically made printed money. So that's what you can even do in Europe. And especially with Switzerland, there are a couple, still a couple of models like that possible. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the brand registry aspect of it. So how does yeah. the brand registry work? Is it registered in the name of this? The, if, if the brand is on the brand registry in the US, uh, yeah. is, it, is it already is it, done or do you have to go through the same brand registry in Europe? 
So you need for Europe another brand registration in the OIPO. That's that's European uh, Intellectual Property Office. I guess that's the that's the correct uh, uh, pronunciation. And therefore, you need to register your brand in Europe as well. Plus in UK, because UK is not part of the European Union anymore. So you would need to register the brand. But you could add this, this brand number to your American brand registry account. So you would not need to open a second brand registry account. You will just sum up your brands in the same in the same account and they can be like global. Just one to give you one example. Uh, you as UK was part of the European Union. The, the European brand was also valid in UK. After the Brexit, every brand which was registered for a European brand before the Brexit got automatically for free a, a UK brand. And you could see it. I didn't know it. I just saw it in our brand registry that we have a European brand and now a UK brand just for free that's that so you can sum it up in one brand registry and that's pretty easy going but you need to go through this yeah registration once again okay <laughs> so is there a way for is there I mean we we talked about the first option where you go set up an entity we talked about the second option where you get you find somebody just to put on your packaging uh, and then the third option is really is just wholesale deal. Is there like a fourth option where you kind of have a mix where you have yeah. somebody that facilitates all the transactions and then at the same time, you know, you don't have to deal with all the individual moving parts. Is there is there something like that? Yeah, so I guess uh, you're teasering our service and maybe <laughs> why i'm the, yeah. uh, why i'm the, you the, explained the... it to me you know you explained it to me and i'd never heard about it so it's a business model that it's not unique to you so to speak because others can do it but i don't know anybody else doing this and then you figure that i guess with your mechanical engineer mind so share with us what it is that 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 your yeah. model provides so we sell other companies' products through our Amazon, Amazon account all over Europe plus UK. And as we are the seller of the product, we are also liable for VAT purposes for um, extended product responsibility. We did not talk about it at all, like packaging registration, electronic yeah. trash, all that kind of stuff, textile registration. So we have a couple like battery trash. And as we are the seller, we are liable for it. And we do it once and can sell it for a lower price to our customers. The only thing at the moment, just, 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 just for the moment, what you need for the system is one VAT number, just one VAT number, in somewhere in Europe. That's all. The rest is covered by us. We can be the responsible person, but we don't want to import the products. It's kind of a business model specific issue because we want to give our customers the full control of their success and of course the opposite of success. So it, it's then we make with this model, we make it as a commission-based model. Okay, that's why we need it. It would go way, way, way too deep, but in easy in an easy in easy words you need one one VAT number we still pr prove your product compliance we still can import the products in our name but on your VAT number and when you earn more 
you actually get paid out more when you earn less you get paid out less so that's that's so, in super super easy words so uh, you don't need to so let, let's uh, dissect this um, yeah. first of all i'm a seller in the us i have my brand yeah. registry uh, yeah. brand registry um, yeah. and i don't need a seller account in europe no it goes you under your seller account so everything that yes. is sold my products they are under your seller account my Correct. brand will still be my brand yes but i will authorize you to sell my brand in Perfect. european marketplace yes i will yes. need my own vat number just but just one to sell all over europe that's that's a big difference just one number instead of eight or nine or ten or whatever numbers okay one that's and, and who what is the entity that will obtain that vat number because it has to be some a european entity right it cannot be no. a, a US entity. that's what i said before a american entity can get a european vat number oh i see okay so the yeah. amer as the american entity i am i will obtain a european vat number yes uh, not individual to each marketplace And then when yes. I when I send the merchandise to you, I will pay the import VAT on it. It's still my responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Yes. At that yes. point, Because... the merchandise is in. Yes. Yes. Building the listings and everything else. Who does that? Still, I do that, right? You can pick whatever you want. So we, we provide you our distribution network, our Amazon account. We do the Amazon account management cases, uh, all that stuff. And okay. marketing is on our customer normally, but you can also say, guys, just do everything for me. And then we can also cover the marketing part. Okay, I see. But in the general and, and... service, we do compliance and account management and distribution and all everything that is related to the to the unconvenient stuff. Okay. So the most important thing to sellers is price control. So I assign the price, right? You don't have anything to do with it because you're not buying the merchandise. We are actually buying the merchandise. Yes, we do. We do buy, oh. we do buy the merchandise. We, we do buy the merchandise, which, uh, which goes to the Amazon account at the point when it arrives at the Amazon account, we buy the merchandise for some yeah rough price which is related to the payout we will generate you will generate like roughly and we will pay you out for this what so you sell us a product for let's say two euros okay we, then we will pay you out two euros but when you make more than this two euros for example after all ppc after uh, returns after everything and you make 50 cents more to so 250 then we will pay you out two euros for the invoice and also give you on top 50 cents for all this different uh, for, 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 for okay. all the units that's super unique that's nobody does it like that but it's yeah. uh, proven by the vat office in or the offices in germany and this is like the uniqueness in our business model that we make a purchase purchase business so we buy the products but make it feel like a um uh, how you say it uh commission commission business yeah re it's, so a it revenue. Like commission. it's a revenue share you are doing a revenue share so uh yeah. two questions there 
who sets the price of the item to the end user? Yeah. Are, do, are you physically, deciding or am I deciding? Physically, we have to do it because of the uh, cartel law in Europe. Physically, we have we have to do it. We That's why we work with our customers to be compliant because compliance is a super important thing in our company because everything must be compliant because if we are not compliant, who else would be compliant? So that's why we work with recommended retail prices. We have a feature in our software. So that's what we did talk not, did not talk at all about. We have a software where you see everything. You can control your PPC. You see your stock. You see your sales and all, and all you where, where you had which costs and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, uh, we have a feature in our software. Um, it's called recommended retail price. You give us a new recommended retail price because you, we frame it like that. You are the expert which knows most about your product, most about okay. the market. You can give us a recommended retail price through the software. We will get all the recommended retail prices into our system and then we can just accept them. Okay, so uh, is there, I, I guess what I want to make sure is there is no situation where I want my price sold at 80 euros and you don't undercut and sell it for 60 euros or anything like yep. that. It's, the price is always according to what I want to assign to the item. Is that the case? Le legally, it's it's our, it's our yeah, legally, responsibility. You have to it's our price. responsibility. And we, that's why we set the price, but we trust in the competence of our selling partners. Yeah, and... selling partners dictate. Okay, and yeah, and yeah, I heard you mention that you, technically you buy the merchandise. So yes, we uh, have to. When you buy it, when are, is this like a wholesale deal according to terms, or does it go according to? Uh, when the payment comes out, so when, when so, do you actually make the payment for what you buy? Yeah, let's go. Let's go into detail. So we we take a price which we think is realistic as a payout from Amazon minus all the costs. Okay, that is one document. That's an, we we make an invoice. We make a credit note. It's a reverse invoice, basically, so that we don't need to run behind the, the invoices. Um, but that's what technically happens. You sell us the products for purchase uh, for our purchase price with what is roughly thirty percent of what's uh, on Amazon in the end. Okay, um, this is one. This this is one uh, one invoice. The payment terms. That's what you asked right now. Is as soon as we sold it. Okay, so that's that's like the magic behind it. So you you send us the products and we pay you out as soon as we sold it twice a month. That's how it works. Okay, on the other so side, based on the settlement, yeah. Yes, on the other on the sales, uh, selling point. Yes, on the other side we have a second document. It's an invoice item. Uh, there we uh, sum up all the services, uh, PPC costs, FBA costs, uh, storage costs, and so on and so forth. And the third document, and that's the magic one, is um, the difference value. So we so you sold it for two. If you would sell a loan, you had you would have got three. So we pay you out two plus one euro for what actually happened on the on the account. Yeah. Okay. It must be so complicated. Sorry that you, uh, for for understanding. We would love to do commission. We would love to, but as we are selling internationally, 
we are not allowed to use the system internationally because as soon as Amazon brings one product from France to Spain, we would need to do a commission between the, our Spanish VAT number and our French VAT number. And you know where this goes if you have to do it with always when Amazon is moving a product from one country to the other, this model will not work practically. That's why we have to buy the products actually and make the commission model through this difference value. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, it looks like, uh, I mean, nothing with Amazon is simple, right? So everything is always complicated and the devil is in the details. So it does sound like you created a fourth option. So um, yes. this is this is very valuable for anybody who wants to expand into European markets, who doesn't want to create another entity, who doesn't want to look for a partner, who doesn't want to deal with all the, 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 the stuff where they have to deal with now the where they accumulate profits, how they price, and then collect the VAT and declare all that stuff you're taking care of. Uh, plus, you're facilitating the sale while they maintain control over their price. Yeah. And, and it sounds maybe a bit complicated, but it's just an understanding thing. If you understood it once, you understood it, you know, and then you will get three documents each month instead of for each B2C transaction one document yeah. because that's what normally would happen okay <laughs> normally you would send an invoice an invoice to every single end customer which bought your product it can go into the thousands one hundred thousands and we accumulate them all and give you three invoices per month so your bookkeeping is way easier and you reduce the cost for vat uh, consulting for legal consulting for all that stuff and that's why I think, especially for non-European companies, it's a good option. Yeah. At least to start. At least to start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, because at the beginning, you want to minimize headache and costs. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, because you need to experiment. There's a, so much unknown in terms of, you know, what will be your return uh, on advertising? What is the best way to advertise and all the creating the listings, a different language and regulations. So it sounds like uh, it's something that will help. So tell us, how can people reach you and, and find out more about this? Anton at spacegoats.io is my email address. You can follow me on LinkedIn. We do some content over there. Anton Hermann is my name. We have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe for this one. Maybe uh, this one I'm asking here live. Nick will also attend one, our show once. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's it. Anton at spacegoats.io. Um, reach me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, yeah, would love to hear your questions and we great are happy to this help. is valuable information we've done a couple of episodes on international expansion but we didn't really dig uh, so much into it so this was excellent thank you anton thank you nick and this brings us to the end of another episode and i'll see you on the next one thank you for tuning in to today's episode be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.